here we are at the women's rugby pod in association with Alliance. It's, um, it's start hopefully with a really really good partnership with Alliance. And did you know that Alliance don't just sponsor the Red Roses, but the Alliance Premier 15s and the Alliance Inner Warrior Grass program as well, aimed at growing women and girls rugby in England. They want to increase the awareness of women's game and support this generation of female sporting stars, helping them to raise their profile. Alliance are excited to be part of the growth of women's rugby and hope to see the popularity of all women's sport continue to increase over the next few years to come. There's the scripted bit out of the way. Um, we've done our housekeeping. We said a big warm welcome to everyone. Where, where, are you, where are you coming from, ladies and gentlemen? Pop it in the chat. Please feel free to use the chat. What rugby club you might be representing. Um, I think we've got uh, Larissa McFadden on from Canada. Can anybody beat the Air Miles in Canada? Who knows? Pop it in the chat. Uh, oh, PHG Sports, how you doing? Good evening to you, the Redfern family. Big up to you guys. Um, yeah, very, very well welcome to, to everybody joining. Some very, very familiar faces. Um, and I should, of course, very remiss not to introduce... The lady who keeps on the straight marrow, the lady who knows just how poor my jokes really are in the sidecar most of the time, and a World Cup winner herself, a legend within her own right, and I often forget that. We're in the company of greatness already. Rachel Burford, the pod wife, how are we? I'm good, thanks, Johnny. How are you? Looking forward to laughing at your jokes again after rehearsal. Oh, bless you. They're even funny second, second time round, so don't you worry. How was your snow day, Berth? Oh, we didn't really get any in Kent. I had a little flurry of it and literally lasted about five minutes. Got the dogs out there quickly because I was, it's the first time they've had snow. They weren't impressed. And then it turned to sleet and then straight to rain. So not a great snow day. I was very jealous of everybody else's social posts and building snowmans and everything like that. So, yeah. We, we were. We were. It was full ski gear and the, the household skis and, and all the rest of it. Um, why are we doing this live pod, Berth? Well, around this time last year, we did do our live podcast um, at Cabbage Patch and it was just brilliant. And, you know, we are all stuck indoors at the moment. So why not shake things up a little bit, get people on screen? It's great to see so many faces, different shirts from different places. We've got some from uh, Ireland, we've got Portsmouth, we've got France, we've got Derbyshire, all over, Warsaw, Trojans, so and we also awesome. have guests as well, and, uh, not only on the field but off the field as well, um, we've got Sarah Hunter, the England captain, um, MBE, she gets very, very cross. These these MBEers, they do get very cross. Um, this yeah, I can see you laughing, Jill Burns. Unless you mention the MBE, it's very, very important. So if you do mention, see these people, do mention the MBE when you say hello, because it's so they they do get rather narky otherwise. Um, we've we've also got uh, Lindsay All Sport Pete representing Ireland. We've got the try scoring machine that is Rona Lloyd, and we have Lisa Burgess. Most of us know her as Bird. She is vice president on the WRU board, as well as a, a stellar playing career as well. And we're just going to drip feed the guests in through the evening just to keep it up and moving. There's, there's uh, no plan for a break. Um, we have sort of a, a mid-show trail. But if you feel the need to go off and uh, relieve yourself, 
fill up your uh, your glass of wine, whatever. Then, then obviously feel feel free to to do so. Um, as Berth says, that live show last year was uh, was fantastic, um, and we wanted to do more. The the eves of the Six Nations as it was supposed to be. Um, we're going to have to wait till next week. We're hearing today um, when those Six Nations fixtures for the women's Six Nations are going to be announced. That's going to be next week now. Apparently. There's a broadcaster on board as well, so um, fingers crossed for that. Um, we just thought, as, as, as Bertha said, um, we are coming at you um, from, uh, from Zoom in a live situation. Um, just a little bit, something a little bit different for you rather than our regular pod. Um, Bertha, let's just catch up um, with Quinns. I mean, you've had a, a little bit of a, a gap from the Alliance Premier 15s, the, the English Top Flight League. Um, where are things now? I know certainly testing has increased. That's obviously a, a welcome move. Yeah, we're in a really good place. We've, we're back to stage two now. So last week was it's quite awful, if I'm honest. It felt like pre-season again. They got us doing lengths of the pitch and down and ups and all sorts. So it wasn't a nice week last week. But this week, uh, we're now having um, lateral flow testing. That's been introduced. So we went through that procedure yesterday to make sure that everybody's as safe as possible. Um, and we had no COVID in Quinn. So that was great. We were able to, to train as a team together and just kind of have that reassurance that, you know, nobody's carrying anything without realising it and spreading it. So, yeah, we're in a good place and, and can't wait to get back into the season next weekend. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of games uh, this weekend coming at you. Um, we've already got uh, Exeter Saracens, isn't it? And uh, Gloucester Harbury DMP getting those games away from, from earlier uh, earlier rounds. So be uh, fascinated to see those. Again, um, which game is being streamed? I think it's the, uh, the Gloucester Harbury one, isn't it? Um, by the RFU. So do do catch that one. Berth, in all intents and purposes, I, I know um, those not in the know, which is probably not most of the people on the, on the call tonight, but yeah, the, the, the Alliance Premier 15 is supposedly a professional league in all intents and purposes. It's, it's, it's an amateur league. That's no derogatory statement. It's a factual statement. Um, do, it, are the players aware of, of just the privilege it has been over the last few months to, to carry on playing in the current condition? Yeah, like every player, you know, right back at the start last year when we were going back into pre-season, everybody recognised that we were in such a, a privileged and lucky position to, to be put in that elite bracket um, and get the opportunity to continue to train and play. We obviously went through a lot of stages during that, um, that summer uh, to get back into it. The revised rules as well, which has also allowed us to mitigate the risk um, even more so. Um, but yeah, of course, every every time we get the opportunity, you know, one of the things that we say is, you know, we're lucky to be playing. So make sure you enjoy it and make sure you take, you know, every opportunity because not only are we just representing, um, you know, our, our own clubs and our country, you're, you're representing your grassroots clubs and, and for everybody that can't be in the position at the moment to take the field. Um, when the Six Nations does come upon us, we're thinking late April, probably May. Who's going to win it, Berth? Easy question. I'm going to back England. France. Every time. Oh, your beloved France. Of course, you've been learning French, so um, obviously it's your beloved France you're talking about. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rachel, that's still as far as I've got. <laughs> if anybody Brilliant. can teach French and wants to help me learn French, then please feel free. That's, that's, that's really good going, uh, Berth. That's three words in a year. So that's fantastic progress. We've been joined by even more greatness. 
123 caps, just 14 off Rocky now. Ooh. A World Rugby Player of the Year, eight Six Nations titles, seven of those being Grand Slams, including the, the back-to-back recent Grand Slams, which she was captain for. A World Cup winner in 2014, and aiming to make her fourth appearance in the global event later this year. Litchfield, Bristol, now player coach at Loughborough Lightning. She's been doing live Facebook events. She's now on live Zoom. She's now adding media, acting, that kind of stuff to her repertoire as well. Ladies and gentlemen, a very, very warm welcome to your Red Roses captain, Sarah Hunter. Sorry, Sarah Hunter, MBE. Thanks, Good Sarah. evening, Sunter. Good evening, everyone. Great to be on board with your live event. Um, you've, been no. doing, you've been doing a few live events of, of, of late, Sunter. What, what, what have you been up to? Yeah, for being in front of the camera. I did my first Facebook Live event last week for Diddy Rugby in their skills and story time. Um, But I had to have a little practice of how to do a Facebook Live because I wasn't too sure it was going to work. So, um, but then I couldn't work out how to get it off my Facebook page. So I feel like it might still be up there of me on the phone to Maka going, is this working? Um, yeah. Um, and you've been having some interesting other nights, haven't you? In fact, we've speaking of videos and, and, and this kind of stuff, we've received a, a video from one of your teammates at a recent birds night celebration. Center. Do you want to take us through um, what happened for your, uh, for your birds night? Uh, yeah, so we had um, our Scottish friends, one of which will be joining us uh, later this evening, um, like Rana, uh, as we all live in the virtual world, a virtual uh, Burns night. Um, and then we had some toasts, we had some poems, uh, then we had some Kaylee dancing. Um, but I've got a slight injury at the minute, so my Kaylee dancing was on one leg, hopping around. So probably didn't really resemble Kaylee dancing. So uh, even if you weren't injured, you wouldn't have been able to resemble it, let's be fair. <laughs> That's so true. Two left feet. You, you mean what, resemble dancing, you mean? Yeah. It's, it's well how, how, known that I'm not best known for my dancing, Johnny. No, rate yourself out of ten in terms of your, your, your dance moves. I'm not sure I'm even on the scale. <laughs> Who's um? Who's the other end of the scale then in the uh, in the Red Roses squad? Oh, who's got rhythm? Bots. Um, Bots is pretty good. Yeah, but Bots is that. Yeah, she's actually got a lot of rhythm. And um, Bosterman. Yeah, Nick saying Mo Mo's also quite good. Um, yeah, Ellie Kildun, Jess Breach, all the what? young kids who do the TikTok dancers. What's TikTok? Yeah, exactly. What is TikTok? <laughs> I've heard about it. <laughs> yeah, no, great stuff. Um, so, so you mentioned your 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 injury there. Um, I don't. Has this possibly come at a, a reasonable time? Look, we're 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 shifting stands, aren't we? Completely, everybody and everything that we're doing. But if you you want a global event in in one place in the world at the moment, it's New Zealand. Despite the news from a couple of days ago, um, we've been we've been emailing Jacinda and and telling her to open up the doors to, to all rugby fans and rugby players. Um, but has Angie possibly might turn out to actually be um, to be a really really good way of actually getting a break before a World Cup? Um, yeah, that that's very true. I think um, obviously I've I've had a bit of a, a run of injuries of late, um, so 
I hit my hamstring before the Six Nations and then I got this neck issue that literally just resolved and started writing contact and then I've now got a calf injury so um, I'm, um, I'm going to be well rested and um, fortunately obviously now the Six Nations have been delayed so it, it, it works in my favour as well hopefully touch wood I've had my three and um, I'll be back ready for, for when we find out when the Six Nations are um, so I want to play too many games going into the World Cup and hopefully we'll be, we'll be fresh. So um, it'll probably be a bit different to, to what our, my normal run-up to a World Cup would be. So, yeah, um, trying to look at all the positives, really, in it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and therefore, are you hoping to be back up and running for, for the Six Nations? Should it happen kind of, kind of mid-late April? Yeah, no, hopefully I'll, I'll be back by sort of mid-March. So um, it'll give me a nice run into when hopefully, like you say, the, the Six Nations looking at end of April, beginning of May, when we get them sort of confirmed next week. So hopefully get a few few club games under my belt and then hit the hit the ground running for Six Nations. How 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 do you balance that up now, Sunta? I mean, I think most of us who've seen you over the years playing on the field um, would know that there's certain players you think, do you know what, they're a pretty good shot of being a, a decent coach. Um, most people would think that of yourself. How, how are you balancing up? How are you finding balancing up being a, a player and a coach at, uh, at Loughborough Lightning? It's been pretty easy this season because I haven't really done much playing. So, um, so yeah. It's, right, wipe uh, it out then. Yeah. Um, I, it's definitely something that has taken a lot of learning um, over over the last few years in terms of probably as a young coach finding my coaching style and being authentic to the coach that that I want to be, um, and then also trying to trying to balance that out with with the playing side of things and and when to when you're focused on being a player, sort of probably Thursday towards Saturday and match day. Um, and then when you go into sort of coach mode, which probably like review, preview, sort of Tuesday, getting the team team ready. Um, so I've hopefully getting a bit of a better balance than I did um, at the beginning when I probably tried to be too much of one or the other. And have you come across a coach who go, do you know what, that's generally what I'd like to be like or is it the standard high elbows straight back at the bowler media arts you're going to give me that I'm going to take certain bits from certain coaches that I've had throughout <laughs> my career Johnny you know me too well you know me too well um now I think you you look across the board and I think um you you do look at coaches that you've had and like you, you do take um bits of, of what they've done well and things that they may have done that don't sit well with you and don't sit well with maybe your personality. Um, so, so definitely um, you go through your career and what I've had is I think I will, will learn from probably elements of every coach I've had. Who, is, who specifically then? Come on. I know you can ask that. I've, I've done my straight back. Um, I guess uh, I think one of the coaches that had a, a really everlasting presence with me was well, probably my first, one of my first coaches and um, Graham Cooper back at Novos. Um, just in terms of the the time and care that he put into players is a really big thing for me. And actually the lengths he went to to go to help me and probably more around the technical and tactical understanding of, of helping players on their, their journeys. And um, so I think that that's a 
big a big foundation for me and I think I learned that quite quite early as a as a young player and that's stuck with me ever since. So he he's definitely someone that I think I'll I, I will try to to look at and take the best parts of that as well. Okay. Um conscious of the time is, is, is moving on. Um we're waffling well I'm waffling on as per normal. No, there's no surprise there. Um how weird is it? Have you been in England camp? In the last uh, yeah, couple of weeks. I have, I have made how, a few appearances. How weird is it? Yes. Without Katie, Daly, McLean, is, is everybody's tinnitus now beginning to clear up? Yeah, um, it is. It's, it's an odd place. Um, uh, and I think it hasn't probably really sunk in yet because obviously there's been times, obviously she, she didn't play in that summer series. So there's been times and like say injuries and stuff she hasn't been around for the odd camp or here or there so I think it probably hasn't dawned on people I think over the build-up to Six Nations Six Nations it'll really start to dawn on us that that she actually has retired okay um we're going to get to our next year so I'm going to just leave you with a a real humdinger of a question there Sunta three predictions you've got three seconds to answer Who's going to win the Alliance Premier 15s, the Six Nations, the World Cup? Go. Loughborough, England, England. Hmm. <laughs> Predictable answers from Sarah. You've got to stay loyal. You've got to stay loyal. Beautiful. You are, you are, you are, you are loyal, if nothing else, Hunter. Uh, uh, MBE, sorry. Sorry, Mum. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's, uh, let's move on. So, are you going to stay with us? You'd be more than welcome. Yeah, Lovely. I'll stay with you. I'm looking forward to more jokes. Her test debut in 2016 in the Six Nations against England. She's now racked up 28 caps and 10 tries. Um, At one point was in the top 160 metre sprinters in the UK. That gives you an indication of just how rapid this this try scorer is. Uh, Now master's degree at uh, Loughborough University. It is Scotland and Loughborough Lightning try scoring machine. Rona Lloyd. Good evening, Rona. How are you? Yeah, very good after that introduction. That was brilliant. <laughs> well, there you are. You see the wonders of Wikipedia and Google. I've been. I've got literally nothing else to do. Um, because applied maths for my eleven-year-old is not my strong point in the slightest. So. Studying uh, Scottish rugby players is far more up my street. So um, yeah. And spelling tests aren't good fun either. Rona, you've got a nickname, Rona and the Whales. Yeah, so that, that's, it's not my personal nickname. It's the um, Scotland Sevens team band that oh. um, I, I obviously pushed for the name. So I'll take credit for it. Brilliant. What, uh, what do you play in the band? Ukulele. So it's a big job. Awesome. Who else is in the band and, and their instruments? Oh, so it's, it's whoever's at the tournament that weekend, so it does change a lot. And we've had, had some of the forwards come back when we get to 15s. Um, our lead singers, which is, I think, what people would want to know is Jenny Maxwell, another Loughborough player. Oh, uh, OK. I mean, I, I think there's, a, there's an Alliance Premier 15s band in here. Sarah Beckett, Anna Caplice, you know, these uh, capeless, sorry. Um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of musical talent out there. Um, and I understand not only you've got your master's degree, but um, you're into a little bit of feng shui and home improvements as well, interior design. Um, just talk to us about one of your rugs you've got there, uh, Rona. 
Oh, the, um, so the guy that sponsors me to play at Lightning makes like doormats. So it was like, oh, I've, I've printed a picture of you on a doormat and I thought it would be normal sized. And then like a 10 foot doormat arrived. So it's literally the centerpiece of our living room, which like my English and Canadian flatmates are not too happy about. Actually, none of my flatmates are that happy about it, even the Scottish ones. So you have a full size rug of yourself adorning the uh, living room, room floor. Yeah, which <laughs> isn't very cool. I think you're lost on the ukulele. I think you should be lead singer <laughs> with uh, with attributes uh, like that. How how are things are, are lightning? You obviously got your uh, one of your coaches are, are on the line, so you're going to have to be. Um, I mean, her, her aside, um, oh, how, how are things at uh, Loughborough? Yeah, vouch for Sarah as an excellent coach. Followed on from her chat. Um, yes, yeah, as a dancing. Oh, well, I haven't seen it in recent times when <laughs> all the clubs are closed. So I'll report back on that. She did well at her Burns night, though, on Monday. Did she? Good. On one, on one leg. John, John Silver Burns, we heard. Made it work. Great. Anyway, so I talked to you. How, how, how's things at uh, Loughborough? Yeah, good. Like, we're building every game. We're obviously really happy to be in, like, pretty solidly in top four at the moment. We want to keep climbing. Um, but... Yeah, I think it's been a positive start to the season for us. We like keep reflecting and keep learning going forward. So we're just going to keep building our performances and try and climb a bit higher in that table. There's there's a real sense um, from 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 the outside that there's a real progression, real slow build, season on season on season, and uh, got to a, a couple of semi-finals and possibly ran out of a, a little bit of puff. Possibly they're playing the same kind of players, and again this season just adding in a little bit of depth underneath. Would, would that perception be be correct from inside the camp? Yeah, definitely. And like we were, obviously, Bluffer was a brand new team a couple of years ago and we have built year on year. And I think this year the league's stronger than ever. So we've had to, like we're fourth in the table this year. The last two years we've, we've sat at third. But I think that's a reflection on just where the league's going and how competitive it is. Like the top six, really, you don't know who's going to win each game and that's such a good position to be in. Cool. And you, you, you talk about the, the league and, and growing the strength there. Um, there's a huge amount of uh, Welsh players, huge amount of Scottish players in the league now. Just just what kind of benefit are you guys getting from uh, from that league kind of rugby to, to take back to the international stage in your, in your countries? Well, I think at the moment it's kind of more distinct than ever because the league isn't going ahead in Scotland. So for the Scottish players that are yeah. downplaying in the Allianz, like that's the only way that you're getting games at the minute so yeah like real grateful to be down here and as well I think playing in this league there's so many other internationals from like every rugby playing nation in the world really who you can learn from and then I think that benefits us so much going back into camp with with our fellow Scotland teammates. Um, Let's talk about your speed then was I I right saying you're in the top 160 metre sprinters in the in the UK at one point or perhaps you're still there? No, so that was from when I was like under 16s, and honestly, that is like haunted me. Shh. Um, oh, on. <laughs> Shh. Don't tell anyone, honestly, nobody's heard that. She's still in the top 100, everyone. Yeah, I should just fake it. Um, no, I had no idea where it'd be now, but yeah, that's that fact has followed me around since I was about 15. But like, it, it could be worse, so I'm not complaining. Yeah, no, you're happy. I mean, alongside that was um. Prolific rug owner as well, but um, I didn't want to bring that up in the uh, in the intro. Who are your, who are the who are the wingers, the speed merchants that um, you like playing against, and, and those who you possibly don't like playing against quite so much? 
Oh, I think it's it's the same people because you you want to play against the best in the world, of which there's plenty in our league with like Jasmine Joyce, Jess Breach, Lottie Clapp. But obviously, you also don't want to play against them because it's a it's blooming hard going. But um, yeah, that's it's why I moved down here. It's to play against guys like that. So yeah, I'd put those three names up there. And do you, is it something that is just for some try scorers? That's all it's about for them. Um, for other people, it's just well, you know, I, I, I dot the ball down, but it's it, it's about the team. Where, where exactly do you do you sit as a as a such a prolific try scorer? I'm like pretty lucky playing at Lightning that I get a lot of ball and a lot of space. Um, so yeah, there's plenty of tries where kind of the winger gets the credit and and do limited work. Um, oh, but yeah, you like take the opportunities that you can get, like. With the way that the game goes and the weather and stuff, there'll be games that you get loads of ball in, games that you get none. So, yeah, it's just making the most of every opportunity and trying to take people on and break the line. Well, in, in, indeed you do, not only for for club, but uh, country as well. If we, we can move to, to Scotland. I think one of, if, if not the most uh, heavily hit nations in, in terms of the, the, the COVID situation, um, cancelled Six Nations last time round when they rearranged those are cancelled as well um, Goose having to sort of step away a, 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 as well just how frustrating has it been because you seem to be on such I know remember you spoke, spoke to Jade on the, on the regular pod around the time going to South Africa going over there winning there seems to be a real real sense of beginning to be able to put a performance in for 80 minutes um, rather than the fits and starts which um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong but that seemed to be the way uh, the performances in the last year. Just how frustrating has it been? Yeah, no, I think that's all fair to say. Like, it's it's been absolutely mad. Like, I remember the Six Nations last year, we got told the morning of our England game that it was going to be played the next day. And there was, like, girls were crying. Like, everybody was calling their work, being like, oh, my God, we have to play tomorrow. I don't know how I'll do that. And now that's, like, that's common. If that happened now, like, nobody would bat an eyelid. Like, we've just become, like, really resilient to change and, like, credit to the girls and the coaching staff they've been like absolutely phenomenal over the last year because as you said like we have had it uh, just got pretty unlucky like we've had it worse than a lot of teams but I think like if anything that's gonna we expect it to continue like that over the next couple of months like there are going to be rearranged fixtures and you were definitely going to be ready for it and adaptable. These Six Nations games when they go ahead let's let's speak with that kind of vocabulary um, let's be positive half full um, when these games do do come around, we know the significance of them with the, with the World Cup qualifiers tying in. What what's the approach? Have you not spoken about it yet, or is it just beginning to to come over the horizon? You starting to to think about it? Is it something you you will talk about and, and face head on, or is it just another game? Oh no, definitely facing it head on. Like it's been in everybody's mind since we thought we'd be playing them in September. Long long before that, like I was involved in our last set of World Cup qualifiers um, four years ago. And yeah, like probably thought about it just about every day since. So we'll definitely be ready when it comes. Like it doesn't change anybody's mindset. It's just been pushed back a little bit. Um, it's an Olympic year as well, Rona. With your attributes being, of course, in the top 20 uh, 60 metre sprinters in the UK at the present time. I could do your PR for you if you like. Uh, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> Does that cross your mind at all that, you know, a little dabble in the, in the sevens Olympics? Oh, definitely. Like, I th- 
think yeah sevens for me has always been like it's my favorite I absolutely love it and not getting to play it at all last summer was a, a real shame so hoping to get more opportunities there and I'll, I'll definitely take them if they come um but yeah I think space definitely suits me so you tend to get a lot more of that in seven so I do feel like that's my game a bit more I don't think um Sinter's face is very impressed with that <laughs> <laughs> but neither without playing for lightning there's a lot of raised eyebrows there what's what's she like as a coach it's all right we've, we've put her on mute she can't she can't hear oh son is brilliant a lot of contact but it's good for us <laughs> a lot of contact and so to what's um what does Rona bring to, to to the party outside of obviously being in the in the top five 60 meter sprinters just this year in the UK <laughs> uh, she's brilliant to have you know when when she first came like not only did she bring value to the program as to, as a as a player but just around the place like brings energy enthusiasm like such a great teammate like I said like one of the many Scottish girls on Monday night that put on something for the team like they provided the whole Burns um, supper as well so the haggis neeps and tatties put everything together so you know always going above and beyond to, to help people out so a great person to have um, as well as a great player. There's a lot of love in the room, isn't there? There's a lot of love in Love for Lightning, a lot of love flying around. Rona, you've got your own podcast as well. Here you are. Here's your time for your, your shameless plug. Yeah, um, Women in Sport is my podcast. I was being mentored through it by Sue Ansis, who does the Game Changers, which I also see is on this call. So there are definitely two podcasts to check out if you're into your women's sport and want to support it. Very good. Who do you do it with? Sarah Bonner. So fellow... I was going to say Scotland and Lightning teammate. She's actually traded her shirt in for Gloucester. Um, so rival in the Prem, but Scotland teammate. So you're keeping the band together for the for the pod, are you? Yeah, definitely. Bonner's in her RAF training at the moment. Um, so she's yeah sleeping four hours a night and definitely doesn't have time to record podcast episodes with me. But once she's through her initial phase, we'll definitely get back into it. Great stuff. No, it's a it's a it's a good listen. Somebody just put somebody just put. Love for a lightning. Very, very good. Whoever's just written that in the chat. Very, very good. Love for a lightning. Um, speaking of um, musical instruments, we, we, we have done earlier in, in the piece. I understand that um, you're rushing off this call because you've actually just nipped off a bagpipe lesson. Yeah, so that's my new um, 2021 lockdown project. The, I'm definitely nowhere near <laughs> playing in front of people, but... Give me six months. I just need to do more to to be outwardly Scottish and live living in England. So, I mean, I mean, are they in touching distance? The the bagpipes, right? I mean, right now, obviously, if you're a lesson, you obviously probably got the the bagpipes right there. <laughs> I'm definitely not ready. I'm just I'm on a chanter, which my flatmate says sounds like a kazoo. So, if I start playing and everyone leaves, it won't reflect very well on me. Well, Johnny, she said six months. The twenty seventh of July, what it recorded. See you all there again. <laughs> hey, Siri, set a reminder for, thank you, <laughs> lovely. That's in. We'll see you in six months, Rona. No, look, brilliant, Rona. Thank you very, very much. As uh, we've said to to Sunsu, more than welcome to 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 stay on the on the call. But we will get your quick prediction. Um, is it going to be the same as Sunsu's? Oh, Who's I obviously the... have to go Loughborough, Scotland, Scotland, just to follow suit of backing yourself. There you are, straight back at the bowler. Hi, elbow. Thank you very much. Very well, media trained. Well done, Beth. And it's uh, Love for Lightning. I'm going to use. I'm going to use Love. Love for Lightning. 
But our, our third guest, I believe, is here and available to talk to us, representing Ireland, a champion in All-Ireland Gaelic football with Dublin. She's the, uh, she was the Irish basketball captain. That's um, the under-18 Republic of Ireland Football International and a rugby international. After only seven games of the sport, she was chosen to represent her country. She now has 31 caps to her name and gunning to play in a World Cup later this year. It is Irish sport's very own chameleon, Lindsay Pete. Good evening, Lindsay. Are you there? I am, Johnny. How are you? There she is. How are you? I'm not a butter. How are you? Um, we're, we're all right. I mean, I, I have been describing, and it's getting quite boring, but rather duck-like, that trying to re remain very serene on top, but underneath we are paddling like billio. Absolutely. Just taking it day by day, ducking and diving, trying to, to dodge whatever comes at us. Are you, are you doing a bit of home, homeschooling with, uh, with Barra there at home? Oh, God, look. This is, this is today's homework, day Kadeen. So Barra goes to a, a Gwale school. So we're doing, trying to homeschool in Irish as well. So that's, uh, that's the tough part of our day. So they're long L days. That's <laughs> tough, isn't it? Very tough, God. It's really long, tough. Yeah, from the moment I, I, they opened their eyes. I brought them conditioning actually with me for a little bit, but I had to cancel that because it started piddling around here as it does in Ireland. So we had to cut the, cut the conditioning session so short and uh, we'll have to reconvene <laughs> tomorrow. Great. So what's, um, what's the rugby landscape like uh, uh, in Ireland? Because of various parts and different lockdowns and, and what have you. What's, what's the rugby landscape like with... Um, with the pandemic going on in terms of in terms of club rugby and, and, and trying to stay connected? Yeah, so at the minute we're in level five, uh, which is probably very similar to yourselves. So there's no uh, club rugby at all. Even the AIL is off for the minute. So as regards club rugby, they go by the government recommendations. So when we were back, say, in level three, uh, we were able to have pods of 15. It was non-contact, but we could, you know, be back training. Uh, but none of the anyone involved with the Irish international squad wasn't involved in club rugby because obviously we're trying to bubble and you know keep our bubbles to a minimum. So once we're in internationally, we stay in that bubble and and we've been um, training. I think we've had sixteen camps trying to prepare to finish last year's Six Nations to prepare for the World Cup qualifiers, which were due in December, and uh, then we were back to qualify to try and get ready for this year's Six Nations, and that's been pushed back. So. I said ducking and diving and just taking it week by week at this stage. And have there been any exceptional ways in which you've been able to to connect over say something like Zoom or, or Google Meet some 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 impressive ways that uh, you've been able to to stay unified as a group? Yeah, initially in the first lockdown, I think everyone was like it was uncharted territory. Nobody knew what was happening, and everyone just locked the world down and and just tried to to ride the wave that we were hit with. And it was tough at the start. I had the broken leg; I was trying obviously rehab. And uh, yeah, we tried to get on sort of weekly hit sessions with Zoom. Uh, so it was a good bit to bring back the intensity. And I'm hugely competitive, so it was it's hard to you know, try and be competitive against my wife and a five-year-old, but um, I'll try. So it was nice to bring back the Zoom calls to, um, you know, go against people who are used to my craziness, so it was good. So if you're playing Stakes and Ladders with, the, with your boy, do you, 
do you let him win or you, that competitive nature <laughs> all the way through is it um first it probably depends what person you know what personalities it, it might be three three two to me maybe or three two to him like just he'll just edge you <laughs> so well, no yeah i try i try to be a good parent but it doesn't always happen no, indeed. So I mentioned there just we 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 introduced you just what unbelievable life uh, the, the the journey you've been on. Um, uh, in particular, obviously tonight we're focusing on the, the sporting journey that um, that you've been on the the, the football, or should I say, soccer probably, uh, the Gaelic football, the the, the basketball. What why why yeah. rugby and why have you stuck with it? Um, funny old story. I over here in Ireland, when you play GAA, it's your parish, so it's your it's your local community. So that's my club. So it's the area where I'm born and raised. Um, and we were moving house just after we got married. We were only meant to move in for six months, but it ended up we're still here. So, uh, Dublin is divided into north side and south side. And I'm a very proud north sider, which uh, rugby isn't very prevalent over that side. Uh, it would be a lot more popular within the schools on the south side. So, um. I always wanted to try it. I really, you know, got the itch after. Obviously, the girls did unbelievable in 2014. The Irish girls and got to the semi-final. And I remember rushing home from work and watching them defeat New Zealand and then watched them against um, that great English team in the in the semi-final. And, you know, I really got the itch. So I always wanted to try it. Um, and I could never use my physicality in basketball, which is meant to be non-contact. And certainly ladies' GA is not contact either. So I used to, referees were my best friends for the wrong reasons. So... Yeah, when I moved uh, to the other side of the city, I didn't want to betray my roots. I didn't want to move GAA, didn't want club, I didn't want to move basketball club. So I said I'd give rugby a try and off I went down to Railway Union. And as the old cliche goes, the rest is history. I didn't think I'd be propelled into a Irish setup. I certainly didn't think I'd be playing front row. And I never seen myself in an Irish jersey. And I certainly didn't think I'd be chatting to you two legends um tonight about my career so far in rugby so um I suppose that's what life is isn't it it's a journey and you it's the unknown and you go with it and it might work out and it might not and thankfully um it has after a very rocky start oh well I'd like I'd like something what you're you're drinking uh because it it seems to be working out very very well for you am am I right in saying that it, it was seven seven games of rugby before you put on the national jersey yeah, I'd say that's all I had in the AIL and I was playing at that stage, I think, really as a as a number eight, um, which is where probably you either a back or a forward and then you sort of start in the back row. So when my coach at the time, John Cronin, said, you know, we're going to send you to Ireland trials or whatever happened, um, he said they're looking for props. And, and I was like, listen, I came here just to try out a new sport. I didn't really want to, you know, because I'd come back from Intercounty. We'd lost our third All-Ireland, uh, which is basically huge competition over here in, in Intercounty, so playing for Dublin, and we had been 10 points ahead, you know, thinking we're going to lift that trophy, and we lost by point in the, with the last kick of the game. Um, so I was heartbroken, I wasn't really, you know, I didn't want to get back into elite sport, I wanted to enjoy my life, and um, I suppose when you have that sort of nearly, I, I just connected with sport, to be honest, that's what's brought me through the journey, and, you know, I got the itch again, you know, and I really, 
yeah, when Tom Tierney initially rang, the first camp was on my wedding anniversary. And I have to say, no, and I didn't think I'd hear from it again, to be honest, Johnny. And uh, I got an email then the following week inviting me back to, to DCU. And my first cap was in the stoop against England in a, in a yeah autumn international, I think the 14th of November, 2015. I came on as number 20 because Claire Malloy broke her hand and I was a late call-up. I hadn't got a breeze what I was doing. Uh, our number nine just kept telling me not to go near England's number nine and I couldn't understand why. Uh, but yeah, thankfully I know some of, a lot of the laws now. I wouldn't say all of them. I, I sort of ignore a few, but I know most of them now. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, obviously you've got some, because we a whirlwind um, a few months, that, that, that must have been, but you've got some fond memories of, of that first cup, and you, that first cap, and you can actually actually remember, which is, um, not, not everybody can remember that. It just seems to, to go by so so quickly yeah it strikes me as this kind of person that lo loves the detail because of that competitiveness that it is your know, sport is so competitive and, and you live and breathe every moment every second of that competitiveness and, and you 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 I say dwell I think I'm losing you there. I don't think it's my, I don't know whether it's my end or your end. Have I gone? Can everybody ask yeah. me? No. Me birth? You're, you're, back. you're back there to me, sorry. I'm back, am I? Yep. Bruce Perkins is on as well. Hi, Bruce. Uh, apologies, ladies and gentlemen. If you're in deepest, darkest Hampshire, this is what happens, I'm afraid. I've turned off every um, available screen and what have you in the house but uh, obviously we're having a, a few issues Lizzie, i was just saying your competitive nature it seems like you remember lots and lots of your sporting career would that be would that be fair to say because of that competitive nature that you have yeah hugely so and i think um yeah i suppose it's it's funny what you know we's what's come up for over the I suppose over the chat over the last couple of weeks with the Six Nations being you know postponed and you look at yourself and you're like what am I doing and I suppose the thing about sport for me is it's always brought out the best of me and though in other facets and areas of my life I may not have pulled that um, inspiration or that motivation or that determination mainly um, I always got it through sport and it, it hugely makes you feel alive and you always have goal setting and you want to achieve things so um you know, I suppose it's an uncertain time for women's sport in general, but especially for rugby in a World Cup year and, and the Six Nations composed. But it's it's those moments to to defy people and defy the opinions and and you know defy against all odds that really bring out the best. And that's really that's the detail for me that I thrive on. I don't really ask for rules; they ask for the basic rules, and then we sort of go for it. We push, and and every time the referee blows the whistle, I ask why you know why was it called for that. So for that detail, in the sense of my rugby career, I just you know. I jumped in in the deep end, it's, it's sink or swim. But as regards the detail around what sport can bring for me and what it brings for many in the sporting world and community um, is just that feeling of alive and, and pushing you and motivating you. And, and as I said, defying the odds. And when people say to me they can't do it, I'm sure I shouldn't be sitting here as a 40-year-old still playing international rugby, but it's my life and it's my choice. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take pride in, in uh, proving you wrong. And, and that has only come out through sport. So... That's the detail I love about sport, really. And would your competitive nature extend to playing musical chairs in the team room, Lindsay? Who told you that story? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't reveal my sources, can I? No, a good, a good journalist never reveals their sources, I believe. 
Uh, yeah. Pumping people out of the way in musical chairs in the team room. Yeah, if, if that's not the rule, if the, you know, if, if no one said there was no contact allowed in musical chairs, then I'm going to use it to the best of my advantage. So, and at the end of the day, it's win at all costs. There's no friends, you know, if there's no friends, I'd rather the trophies. <laughs> Great stuff. So you don't know the rules to rugby or to musical chairs. That's brilliant. No. Just Fantastic. Go <laughs> Lindsay, you just, just mentioned there a, a moment ago um, a number which, which I'm not going to um, repeat, um, but it is just a number. Um, and, you know, that, that milestone birth, it wasn't, uh, wasn't too far back, was it? Um, do you, is there any sense of you that um, feels that, oh, comes, perhaps, I, I, sh perhaps I, I shouldn't be doing this at, at my kind of age? Or do you, and I, I suspect I know the answer, and it's coming across actually very, very clearly that, do you know what, age just doesn't matter and it's my life and I'm just going to do it. Where, if that's the case, which I suspect mm -hmm. it, it might be, where does that drive come from? Um, I think it, it, it's the motivation to, to defy everything. Like, you know, if I want to put myself in a box that somebody's created, the, the what I should do and what I shouldn't do, life would be boring if we all just sat in that box. So it's it's my life and I... I set the boundaries for it. And if there's something the body's, you know, if the body's getting too many injuries or I'm not keeping up and I'm, I'm more of a hindrance than an asset to the team, then that's, that's the time you step away when you're not actually bringing something to the team. But as regards what I, you know, what I want to do with my life, the only t thing I have to take into consideration is not really my age, it's my family, my son and my wife and my family and what impact me committing to a team brings. Cause obviously it brings a lot of pressure on, on, on athletes that are amateur anyway but to have a family and bring the pressure and commitment to train and I am competitive I don't want to be second best so I'm either fully in or I'm fully not and with that brings you know brings a lot of pressure from me onto my family um, and I've let that overshadow some of my decisions over the years you know not only with rugby with football with basketball so you know, we're very selfish as athletes because of what we want to achieve. And, and that's really the only thing I take into consideration is that, um, and as I said, I don't do it all the time because that cloud, you know, that, that cloud yeah, passes over my judgment. But um, yeah, that's the only thing really, as I said, if I'm happy, I'm healthy and I'm bringing something to my team and I'm, you know, I'm adding something, then, you know, you keep going with it. But yeah, if it's too much on my family, then yeah, we have to look at that. But as regards the age and everything else, no, I take pleasure in sort of, as I said, proving people wrong. Good for you, and long may it continue. Um, you find fine for yeah, just little flashbacks of, of that game last year at uh, at Twickenham, Leinster against against Harlequins. You, you're in the back row that that night, weren't you? Oh, well, look, I said that again. You're in the back row, weren't you? Leinster against Harlequins last year. I played number six, baby, and I, I would love to play number six. I love that. I loved being in the open. I loved the lines. I got to run off Sene. As I said to you before, I think when we've spoken last, it was one of my favourite games of rugby. I was just unleashed and I didn't have to... I could just play. I didn't really need to give it too much thinking. It was nice to be back out on the pitch after a bit of an injury setback at my neck. And uh, I took full advantage and I played with a smile on my face, full of energy. And my only regret is I didn't uh, finish the breakaway try that Sene set up for me. <laughs> I just had to reach yeah. over the line. That yeah, was actually no. me that you went past. Say again? It was actually me that you went past. Oh, Rachel, I don't know who I, I just kept going. <laughs> no, I I was like, Come, that. On. Come on, Bill, we're trying to impress people tonight. Going last year. Yeah, I'm taking care of this.
she felt sorry for me. She was just letting me give me a chance after being back and no, give me a chance of playing number six. You uh, had an outstanding, uh, outstanding game. Now, bear in mind, there's 4,747 people, um, all rugby fans on this call. Um, what's what's been there isn't but um, uh, how, what's your favourite sport oh god you didn't just hit me with that well have to be a crowd please of course it's rugby really not basketball basketball will always be my first love it'll always be my first love it's, it taught me so much I was a tyrant when I was younger I really was I didn't think I'd be sitting you know I didn't think I went would go down the path I went down I could have went it's a very different path. I had anger issues. I was ejected from gyms. So I was, oh, I was terrible. My they eventually punished instead of punishing me with suicide, you know, running punishment for any time I got technical. They sat me on the bench and started running the team. So we had a lot of work to do on me, and that came through my basketball family. So um, they really set the foundations for the athlete I suppose I am today. So a lot to be thankful for um, with basketball. So. It has so a special place. Yeah, no, I, 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 I also get the sense that that team environment and, and being a part of a, of a team and, and, and something for a, a, a common purpose is, is very important mm -hmm. to you as well. And therefore, I can tee you up to give you the answer that everybody wants as well. Surely rugby is the winner for that one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think sport connects us in so many ways. And for me as well, it's, you know, it's a life journey and it's life lessons and it's the people around you that guide you. Um, whether they, you know, sit you down and give you, you know, giving it, giving out to you if you need to be, put some manners on you, or they bring you in for when we could hug to remind you that you're a good person and you, you're of value and you just need a little bit of TLC at the time. So that's the family and that's the family uh, ethos that has been thankfully in, ingrained in my club, with my province, with Leinster, and obviously thankfully with an Irish team and. Thankfully, that's probably in our DNA as Irish people as well. You know, that's the culture we try and ingrain in our sporting team. So I've been very lucky to have that with rugby as well. So um, I don't think I could have settled otherwise because when you're used to having such family who are still friends now with basketball, you know, we're still in touch even through lockdown, pushing each other and keeping each other going. Um, it was a very, they were very big shoes to fill. And, and thankfully, I've been so lucky with the rugby family that I've been um, involved in. Uh, Suntu and Rona, if you're you're still on the call, a seriously, you're only just internationals in one sport, really. I mean, come on, uh, yeah, but get, Rona can play the bagpipes. Honestly, please. Um, honestly, and, unbelievable. And, and, and B, how can Beth visit this lady when you're facing against her? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't answer that. that. Someone that you don't want to play against, that's for sure, in the nicest possible way. Thank you very much. That means yeah. a lot. But honestly, just listening to um, your story and a bit about your journey, like incredible, like to to see where you are as an international rugby player and what you've done, but like hearing some of the past bits, like really inspiring. Thank you very much, Sarah. That's a lot. Means a lot coming for yourself. Indeed, um, great stuff. Right, what uh, have you you played against, Lindsay? Off to play the bagpipes, I think. Yeah, I wanted to play the bagpipes. Go on, Rona. I, th I think Rona's gone. She's yeah. literally run, she's run off scared. Um, back to <laughs> her, her bagpipe lesson. Um, Lizzie, do you play any musical instruments? 
Yeah, I did music for Leave Insert, which would be the equivalent of your A-level. So I did Tin Whistle and the the uh, recorder and uh, did we play anything else? No, sang a bit, but I wouldn't, I'm not a singer. I was just on the cusp of being asked to leave the choir because I couldn't sing. So maybe if Rona comes back on and we're invited back on, she can play the bagpipes, I'll play the Tin Whistle. Brilliant. You don't have your Tin Whistle to hand, do you know? No, no, I'm not, I'm not that silly. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't tell me if, if, if you did. Um, no. We've done we've done this with the two uh, previous guests. We're just um, waiting for, for 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 Bird to come on. Just give us your your predictions then for the Six Nations. <clears throat> I'm going to give a caveat this time. You can't choose your own nation. Who's going to win the Six Nations and who's going to win the World Cup? That's so cruel, <laughs> isn't it? It's not nice at all. I've done my best. The Headlines tomorrow in the Irish Times. I would have messed with Lindsay. Lindsay All Sport Pete says Ireland won't win the Six Nations. Yeah, know? exactly. I would mess with is, Johnny. How big is Hampshire, that place you just said you live? How big is that? How easy would it be to find you? I'll let you know uh, who lives. Good yeah. woman, right? Good woman. <laughs> um, obviously, England have been building nicely. There's been a great battle between themselves and France. Um, and obviously the English have, have beaten the French on French soil, so even that goes out the window. Um, it pains you to I'll say, go, doesn't it? No, no, credit where credit is due. I'll go with England with the Six Nations. Um, I'd be very surprised, considering it's the first World Cup, if I'm right down the Southern Hemisphere on home soil, I'd be very surprised to... I think, I think it'll be possibly another England-New Zealand final. But I would be very surprised if, England, if New Zealand were beaten on home soil. So they're my predictions for you. You're very mean. I'm sweating here. <laughs> but of course, Ireland are going to win both, right? Listen, absolutely. We're coming out of the shadows. We just have to qualify first. But don't worry about that. That's going to be all sorts. <laughs> yeah, just a small matter of, of qualifying. Yeah, just a small matter that we need to get there first. But um, listen... We've been going well, and that's probably the, you know, for some teams, maybe this, the disruption came well. Obviously, you never, you know, are ready for a pandemic, and, you know, it's it's unprecedented, the situation we're in, and, you know, we've been thankful that we've been able to continue training, so that's the positive. Um, we were in good shape, really. We had targeted our three home games uh, for last year's Six Nations, which we achieved. I don't think we did ourselves. Um, I think we, we showed good stead and good progress against a very strong England team in Doncaster. I think we just didn't give enough on the attack, but our defence was, you know, we worked tirelessly um, to, to keep the score as low as we could. Um, and we were positive with going to France to try and again pitch ourselves against, you know, the top, the top three in the world to see where we're at. So we were disappointed, obviously, but we want to continue building on what progress we've made. And it's, it, that's the only downside is not having any matches to really you know, because you need them to get, you know, to assess where you're at and all the hard work you've done. So, look, we'll keep working away. We really hope, obviously, to to make up one of the the three remaining spots for the World Cup New Zealand. But um, that's all we can do now: is stay positive, keep pushing each other, keep motivating each other, and keep trying to catch the the top three and and make our way gradually up the standings. Lindsay, I know I've just been sort of glancing at the uh, the, the 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 chat there. The people. Very, very inspired um, listening to your story. Not, not a lot of people actually knowing that your your sporting history, um, Lindsay, your sport, Pete, I think is um, <laughs> the name we will we'll keep, we will, we will keep with you. Um, but yeah, again, I've said it to you, to you before, but yeah, truly inspirational journey that you've, 
you've been on or you you are on um all the very very best to get into that world cup and all the very very best for the six nations and you're very welcome to stay on but thank you so very very much for, for joining us tonight no thank you so much both for having me and, and with an incredible lineup so absolutely privileged thanks to everyone who joined in thank you I'm Fiona Coughlin. You're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Great stuff. Well, we'll just seamlessly move from a peat to a bird. And, yeah, Waston Saracens, World Rugby Hall of Famer, 87 caps for Wales. I think she's got six caps for GB in there as well. 62 of those caps for a country where, as captain. She played in four World Cups, two further World Cups as a coach. She's been assistant coach with the Barbarians and our assistant coach with Allianz Premier 15 side Gloucester Hartbury. Also the first woman to join the WRU National Council and recently elected by her peers, vice chair of the Welsh Rugby Union Board. Very good evening, Lisa Burgess. May we call you Bird? Good evening. Hey, thanks very much for that introduction. Yeah, hi everybody. It's great to see everybody there. Loads of people on. It's brilliant. Yeah, thanks, Johnny. <laughs> uh, are you Are you well? How's How's the pandemic treating you? Yeah, you know, sticking with it. We're so grateful to be training up at Gloucester Hartbury. So it, it feels kind of normal. It's really weird weird because you kind of go in there and training. Then coming out to Wales, we're in lockdown as everybody else is. There's, you know, so many things going on in the world and we're just so grateful to be able to play rugby. So, yeah, the world is good in that respect. Yeah, all good. Good stuff. I mean, you've got lots of different hats, whether it be Gloucester Hartbury, WRU, then you popped on a, a black and white hat for a short while <laughs> with, with the Barbarians. How difficult has it been in, in this in this pandemic time? Do you get on a Zoom call and you've got the wrong wrong hat on? You're talking about the, the, the wrong subjects, or you um, you've been. When do you say that, Johnny? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm quite yeah. I know what you're saying. It's it's kind of a lot to balance, but you know, it's it's a real privilege as well. You know, I'm in a really privileged position to be you know kind of um, helping grow the women's game. And yeah, it's it's just been amazing being involved in the WIU on the other side of things and seeing how much invested they are in the women's game and developing that within Wales, which is just which is great. I know we must probably come on to talk about that, but yeah, it's great. It's something I feel passionate about. I know birth does so much work as well. You know, for women's rugby, you know, it's it's just great and. Um, you know, it's, it's like I say, it's a privilege. I don't see it as a challenge. You just got to make sure you're talking about the right thing at the appropriate time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So um, let's, let's, let's go back to, to Gloucester Hartbury uh, yep. for now then. Um, coaching there. How much you, do you enjoy that, that environment um, up at the Alpas uh, Stadium, isn't it? A arena. That's right, the arena, yeah. I mean, it, it's just great. I mean, I, I help out with the forwards, um, with um, James Forrester, he's the forwards coach there, and I kind of assist him and head up the university side. Um, yeah, and it's just, you know, it's a great atmosphere. We've got a fantastic group of players. Um, you know, Sean Lynn's come on as head of rugby there now, and it's just it's just growing all the time. You know, the culture's really grown. It's taken, you know, from Susie, moving on with Susie Appleby, who's now down at Exeter Chiefs. Um, the group of players have kind of stayed strong and loyal and it's, you know, the culture's there and, and the skill set's there. We've got players coming back now. It's just a really exciting time to be part of Gloucester Hartbury and it's really growing. And, you know, what's great about it is you've got the junior academy leading into the senior academy, leaving, in, leading from college, university into, um, you know, Gloucester Hartbury itself. So you've got that real clear pathway as well. So, yes, it's, it's a great, great place to be and work at. 
is coaching something you you felt uh, as a player? And we, we went through your 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 back catalogue there in, in the introduction, um, inspiring by, by itself. But it, but is coaching something you always felt you wanted to to, to get into? We we're talking to uh, Sarah Hunter about this uh, earlier on. Yeah, I think um, I think back in the day when I was playing, you know, it was certainly you were just out there, you wanted to play, you know, and you didn't really there wasn't there wasn't that many opportunities or role models in, in kind of coaching, you know, for, for women's rugby as such, you know, but certainly as you got progressed your career and now, you know, I've got a full-time job as a coach, which is something I certainly never thought would happen. So, you know, as a teacher as well, I, yeah, I always wanted to give back to the game and coaching was something I felt more, most comfortable with. And, and obviously it's been a massive journey for me because coaching has changed and evolved so much. And I was always working full time along with doing my coaching career. So it's nice now just to focus on the coaching, which is something I wasn't able to do and, and be able to change with the times as well, because you've got to adapt, learn new skills, because the, the game evolves so much. You can't sit on your bum. You've got to keep going if you want to be a good coach, you know, and learn and update yourself as well. So, so yes, yeah, it's, it's not something I, as a player, I thought, yeah, I really want to be a coach. But now I think for young girls, any young girls watching or listening, there's so many opportunities now in women's rugby to have these different roles you know, sports analyst, nutritionist, you know, psychologist, coach, um, manager. There's just so many opportunities now. And, and, you know, the young girls can see now and look up role models, you know, like Berth who gets involved. Berth has got her own business as well, you know, running those academies. She does amazing job there as well as playing. You know, that there are those opportunities now for young girls to progress and look up and think, I can do that. So, yeah, loads of opportunities. Was it, was it a perfect marriage? Um, then, then Bert, because what, oh, 20, over 20 years a, a teacher and obviously um, an international captain. Um, was it, was that a perfect marriage then, the, the, the teaching background <laughs> and, and the sports? I, mean, I think I think if you've got a teaching background, it does help because you kind of adapt your kind of delivery to different skills. You know, not everybody learns, not everybody will be able to listen to somebody and pick up a skill. Some people are visual learners. So kind of from a teaching perspective, you learn different ways of communicating, um, you know, with different people. And I think that's really important as a coach. Um, you know, so so that in that in terms of that, yeah, it was it was kind of good in that respect because that helped you. But um but yeah, I mean, obviously it was challenging because, you know, my, the end of my teaching career was, you know, I was 30 years a teacher. So it was, you know, I was, I was really glad to be able to put that to one side, come out of that. But it was difficult balance, you know, driving to training. But you didn't think of it in that kind of, kind of way. You did it because you wanted to do it and you did it because you loved it. So, so that's why. So, yeah. Um, just, just talking, because I, I, I love talking to you because, A, utterly, utterly engaging um, and, and, and great fun. But also you've got that unique standpoint that you're involved in a club immersed in, in Gloucester Harbour on a, on a day-to-day basis but you're also running the show for for Wales basically I mean, there's other, people, other people on the board but we know that they don't really do anything we know that um, I think they do but you, yeah. you have those you have those different spotlights but also a, a, a wider view as, as well just how much is the the, the Alliance Premier 15s adding to to European rugby do you think Oh, I mean, well, the Allianz League itself is just phenomenal. I mean, you know, you've got players from all across the world now that are coming to join in with this league, you know, because they want to, they see what this league brings, what it offers, the standard of competition, how exciting it is, the standard of coaching, you know, the professional attitude from the players, you know, and the coaches, the staff, the support staff, what they get. So they want to be playing in this league. You know, you've got players from Canada, America, and all over the place that want to come and play. Wales, you know, look at that. There's, there's a lot of Welsh players coming to play in the Allianz at the moment. It is a really successful league and I think for Europe it shows what the standard can be 
and it will raise that standard and you know for the home nations as well you know it's, it's, it's providing that level of competition to show where the game can go and you know the Allianz um, Premiership is, is such a fantastic package for women's rugby um, you know that's why it's great to see the game streamed and um, you know it's really showing where the game can go really exciting. Great stuff let's let's wind it out then to, to, to Wales because time is ticking on um, Wales should new people involved? Should people you know particularly well? When there's on a on, on the fifteen side um, with uh, with Warren and, and Rachel Taylor, Warren Abrahams, um, but also on the sevens, um, Augustus Gloop as I know him, but uh, most of you know him as uh, as Ollie Phillips. Yeah. Um, don't please don't tell him I, I said that. Augustus, I'll make a note of that. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, give him chocolate. Ollie Phillips would do anything for you. I promise you. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. I know Ollie. Great, amazing yeah. energy. But it, it just it just seems, and the ships seem to be again, I'm not no disrespected, but yep. seem to be fairly rudderless for for a couple of years, and it, and it seems as though they, you know, you come into port, you've got the captain on board, got the vice captain on board, um, and, and the ship is in a, in a lot better place. Would that be fair to say? I think that, um, hey, look, I'm not taking any credit. There's, there's been a lot of work over, you know, years of putting this in place, you know, the last few years. I mean, Charlotte Wathen, you know, manage, general manager of women's rugby, you know, there's been a lot of prep. Ryan Jones, uh, head of performance. There was so much work that's been done to get to this point. And with, you know, the buy-in from the exec in the WIU, you know, Martin Phillips, CEO, Steve Phillips now, there's massive buy-in to, to drive this game forward, you know players Berth and I were chatting about this you know Wales have got so many exciting players and you know fed up hearing the story you know there's so much potential there but we don't see it but now we're beginning to see what Wales can do and there's real investment there from the WRU you know to back and support this I mean look at the appointments we've had you know Warren Abrahams has come in ahead of 15s head of sevens you know you've got Rachel Taylor there what an amazing player she is and you know so respected as a player and now as a coach as well Sophie Spence on the internship you know the girls that are going yeah. to the camps, they're loving it. The vibe is there. The culture's, you know, there is growing. You know, Wales, Wales are building. There's something exciting really happening within Wales. You know, you've got the hubs that are brought in the growth and development with all the girls. And it's no longer, you know, a Wales could be this, a Wales could be that. You know, they're now backing it and they're supporting it. You know, there's more announcements to follow. And, you know, it's a really exciting time to be involved in Welsh rugby. And, you know, this is, a, and considering the times we're in as well, you know, you know, the WIU are backing and supporting this and when they're driving it forward. So, you know, can't wait. It's just so exciting. And for the girls that are involved and have been involved for a while now, this is really an exciting time, like I said. And with a new coaching team, you know, and all the work that's done prior to and will continue to be done, you know, yeah, watch the space, you know, less, less really excited about what's to come in the future. So there. And obviously you're, you're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, obviously you're part of that that decision-making process as vice chair of the uh, of the WRU, and whether you're aware, I'm sure you, you you're aware, but no doubt you definitely not speak about it because that's the kind of person you are. But but the glass ceilings, not only your 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 height, but actually your your presence within these um, situations. We were talking to, to to Sue Day the other day on, on on the pod. Good old Daisy. Yeah, and. We were just saying that the, the, the fact that you're in the room, A is a, a is a starting point, but it just means the conversation isn't ignored. Are, are you finding that with WRU? And obviously we don't want any trade secrets, but... No, none will be given away, I can assure you that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I mean, look, it's, it's great. You know, you, you get, um, you know, the voices like Daisy, Sue Day, she's 
you know, what an amazing role model she is and, you know, what she stands for and what she's done within the RFU. And I, I and you know, it's great and you're right, you know, when, when you're there, you can see you, you can, you can raise the question about women's rugby, you know, about all aspects of rugby, because all, all that well, rugby is important, but, you know, yes, we're here, we're living, breathing women's rugby. And yes, it can't be ignored and it's not going to be ignored because the WRU are backing it and supporting it. So from my point of view, it's great. And to be a voice and be a presence there, you can keep challenging and then um, raising the questions and, and asking those questions because if you're not there you can't so you know yeah it's 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 really brilliant and like I said it is a real privilege you know I look upon it as a privilege to be there and and any young girls watching watching or listening it's you know it's something that maybe you would never have thought about but these opportunities are coming now so you know grasp them and reach for them that's what I'd say because of people like yourself paving the way uh but let's not uh, let's not um put that push that into the into the background um I the amazing career that, that you've had. Oh, just just one last question. Sure. Um, we we asked it to to Lindsay. Yeah. Do you remember your first cap? Of course I do. <laughs> I remember it extremely well. I know it was many years ago, but yeah, it was amazing. Pontypool Park, 150 people, and um, yeah, it was it was just brilliant. Yeah, I drove down the night before and stayed at my mum's with Amanda Bennett, one of my mates, uh, great mates of mine from. Um, Loughborough University and then um yeah we met all met at the, we met at some ridiculous hour at nine o'clock at Pontypool Park and we had nowhere to go we were like just there you know and <laughs> we just couldn't wait to get started and uh yeah we had to buy our buy our kit and everything but that didn't bother us and we were just there for the whole day it was just brilliant and then after the game we had a fantastic time as well and um I know I told you a story but my the England girls had nowhere to stay, so they all rocked up back at my house. So my mum had like about 15 girls sleeping on the floor <laughs> after the game because they all travelled by minibus. It was just brilliant. Yeah, they were very happy days and what a fantastic game that was. Um, yeah, it was just brilliant to see where the game was. Eddie Butler commentated on it as well. So that was, that was, a, that was great. Yeah, it was brilliant. <laughs> I wow. remember it well. Oh, fantastic. What, what a brilliant memory. Um, boy, haven't things changed? Whether they progressed... That I will leave that to, to, to the listeners and the, and the viewers to, to decide. But yeah, can you imagine, imagine Lindsay Peet sleeping on Sarah Hunter's floor after she <laughs> predicted that Ireland would win the Six Nations? The look that Simpson just gave, uh, gave Lindsay. That'd be hilarious, wouldn't it? Let's set that up. And then the girls um, have to drive the minibus back to England. Brilliant. Love it. Bring it on. <laughs> fantastic. But thank you so much for, for, for joining us. We're just going uh, to wrap up. And now, but yeah, thank you so much for, for coming on tonight. Um, always an absolute pleasure to, to be in your company and uh, keep, keep smashing those ceilings for us all. Thanks very much, Berth and Johnny. Thanks a million. Hi to everyone. It's a pleasure. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that about concludes our, our evening. Of course, we do have the competition to get through. Just one little shout out, Berth, if I may before you get into high technology and your competition. Um, it is for William from Chobham RFC, who is running one mile throughout lockdown three to raise money for brain tumour research. Um, and doing that off the back of his dad being diagnosed with a very rare form of brain cancer back in December. So yeah, all of our, our love and support goes out to William. Please check out the, his socials and, and help where you can. Thanks, Johnny. I think just before we go on to the competition, because I know you won't thank yourself, you've done a brilliant job for the last hour and 15 hosting tonight. Um, so thank you so much for bringing some joy. You've got a lot of claps going on there uh, for all your terrible jokes. 
Um, but no, on a serious note, really, really well done tonight. Um, you know, changing the landscape of an evening for everybody. Um, so thank you. So hopefully I won't mess up the night now by sharing my screen and doing my one part. Oh, my <laughs> right, here we go. Competition time. So competition is a shirt signed by the Red Roses. Lindsay, I know you're eyeing this one up. And <laughs> the winner is, here we go, is it working? Look at this. So all your names registered for your tickets are on this wheel and... Yay, Matteo. Matteo with a very English sounding surname as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna even attempt that, am I? Matteo, you have won the shirt, so please do DM us and we will make sure that that gets sent out to you. Congratulations. Thank you. Oh, there's Matteo. There you Hello. <laughs> well, well, I can't believe it. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, you know, you were just, yeah, no, I'm not English. I'm Italian, but, and I live in Scotland, but I'm a <laughs> <laughs> Well, perfect then. There's always eBay, my friend. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> No, 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 I'm a massive, massive fan of the Red Roses as well and Sierra, because I really, really love women's, uh, women's rugby and I can't believe it. So thank you so much. Me, my day. Absolutely. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Great stuff, Matei. Thank you very much, we must say, to, to Alliance, not only for that, that cracking prize, but also for their support tonight. Um, yeah, they, they are trying to move their way into to, to women's rugby, feeling their way. It's, um, it's a new kind of venture for them um, on the women's side and, and supporting things like this so yeah we're, we're, we're very very grateful to, to Charlie Jennings and, um, and Allianz for their support tonight um, but the biggest thank you of the night must, must go to our unbelievable guests Sarah Hunter, MBE, um, Lindsay, <laughs> look at your face, brilliant, uh, to Lindsay all sport Pete. Thanks very much for having me lads, thank you very much. Rowan of the try scoring machine, Lloyd. Uh, she, the, sorry, the backpack playing, she, she's gone. And to Elisa Bird Burgess, brilliant uh, trip down memory lane there. Thank you so much. Um, we must all just say uh, another quick thank you. Um, she knows who she is, our little rugby nut, who does loads and loads for us behind the scenes. And truly very, very grateful for all that you do. Thank you very, very much, young lady. Um, why don't we finish? Ladies and gentlemen, let's, um, I should thank you, Berth. Well done for unmuting and doing the Wheel of Fortune and putting on a top that wasn't sponsored by Adidas. Well done, you. I did well, didn't I? Thanks. No, you did marvellously well. Brilliant. <laughs> let's, uh, let's finish there, gentlemen. If we will, if you've got a glass or a cup or something there, let's just raise a toast to finish the evening off to women's rugby. <laughs> <laughs>